This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Thursday, October 6th. Coming up, Planned Parenthood in Kansas says demand for abortions is so high it has to turn away about 90% of people who are seeking them. We'll hear from the head of Planned Parenthood Great Plains. But first, some headlines. The two leading candidates for Kansas governor sparred yesterday over whether transgender girls should be allowed to participate in girls' sports programs in school. During a debate in Overland Park, Democratic Governor Laura Kelly said the issue is not of great concern to Kansans. She thinks high school athletic organizations should make those decisions. But Republican Attorney General Derek Schmidt says if he's elected as governor, he'll sign a bill banning transgender girls from female sports. He says athletes who were assigned male at birth have an advantage. I think that is counter to the purpose of Title IX. I think that is fundamentally unfair to uh, female athletes. Kelly twice vetoed similar Republican-backed bills in recent years. Election day is November 8th. The last day to register to vote is October 18th. Missouri residents will vote in November on whether to legalize recreational marijuana. KCUR's Beck Shackleford Wanganga reports a growing number of Democrats are against the measure. Amendment 3 would create a program for small dispensaries with licenses granted through a lottery process. Missouri State Representative Ashley Bland-Manlove, a Jackson County Democrat, says the number of plants a licensee could grow would be restricted, shutting black people out of an already white-dominated business. Additionally, the micro-licenses are issued after all of the regular licenses are issued. So how much of the market is actually going to be there? The Missouri Democratic Party also opposes the measure. Supporters say in order to obtain a micro license, people must be from a zip code with high marijuana incarceration rates or meet other requirements, which they argue will increase equity. A committee formed by the Kansas Board of Education is urging schools to retire Native American mascots. Suzanne Perez of the Kansas News Service has more. More than 20 Kansas schools still have mascots that feature Native American images and names, such as Raiders, Braves, or Indians. The state school board will consider a proposal next week to urge districts to remove those mascots and help them pay for changes. Raphael Wawasik serves on the tribal council of the Prairie Band Potawatomi Nation. He's seen parents wearing jackets that say tribal elder on the back, which he says is insulting to Native students. To us, that's a status that somebody earns through their lifetime. And for these folks to just, you know, put that on a T-shirt and wear it around, no big deal, it affected them. Schools in Wichita, Atchison, and Shawnee Mission recently retired their Native American mascots. Planned Parenthood Great Plains, which operates clinics in Kansas, says it has to turn away about 90% of people seeking abortions in the state. KCUR's Steve Kraske spoke to CEO and President Emily Wales and Chief Medical Officer Iman El Sadin about how the organization is handling the increase in demand following several states banning the procedure. Here's part of their conversation from KCUR's Up to Date. So, Emily, we'll get right into this. Demand is incredibly high right now. Can you quantify just how bad that is for us and how hard it is today for a person seeking an abortion to receive one? Yeah, the terrible reality, Steve, is that we hate to say this, but it is almost like playing the lottery. The demand is so high that we're seeing somewhere between 10 and 15 percent of patients who are calling us to make an appointment. Historically, we've had patients who've had to wait maybe two weeks. Um, but right now, if you get in, you are someone who's lucky. Um, some patients are eager to wait much longer times. And we're having to tell them, 
instead of hoping that we open other schedule or have a cancellation, you really do have to look to other options. It may be in your best interest to look to Illinois, New Mexico, Colorado, because they may have an appointment within the window you need it. Dr. El Sedin, that, that sounds like a really difficult situation. Yeah, we are currently in a situation where people are leaving their homes in Texas, for example, at 10 p.m. the night before to make their morning appointment at one of our clinics in Kansas, and they are up all night driving. And the reality of the situation is that those people are the lucky people who can actually get out of the state that they live in where their hum- their basic human rights are violated and access this care. Um, and to say someone who drove 10 hours in the middle of the night to get to our clinic is lucky is just a testament to how unfortunate the situation is for a lot of people. So, Emily, is this essentially like a waiting list? I mean, that's got to be an incredibly difficult task to pick and choose who can have an abortion and who can't. We get that question sometimes, you know, do you keep a waiting list? The answer is not really, because what we don't want is for patients to delay care that is time sensitive. It's in their best interest to get the first appointment they can. For many of our local patients, there's some flexibility. You might be able to come in on a Tuesday or Wednesday. But as Dr. Alsaden said, If you're driving from Texas or Louisiana, you really do need oftentimes a weekend appointment. Folks are trying to miss as little work as possible, not have to arrange extra childcare. So we don't really prioritize how folks come to us. We just try to be honest about what our availability is and connect them to other resources, even though sometimes they are hours um, farther away. So Dr. Elsaden, I read that you will sometimes have to refer patients to places like Colorado and Illinois. I mean, how often is that happening? Well, I think that I don't really get the full picture of how often people are skipping over Kansas to go to those places just based on appointment availability, like Emily was saying. But in clinic, you know, we have a state gestational age limit uh, up to which we can perform abortions in the state of Kansas. And so we do see you know, quite a few people um, that we need to refer out of state to get the care that they need because we are not permitted to provide it in the state of Kansas. yeah, and that that's not the norm, you know, mm-hmm. certainly not every day do we see someone that needs that, but it definitely is something that does happen with some regularity. You know, Emily, I noticed that in Illinois, a Planned Parenthood is launching a mobile abortion clinic to boost access uh, for women in Missouri. I gather the clinic will be traveling up and down the Missouri-Illinois border. Do you plan anything like that in Kansas? We're trying to think through all of our options. It's really good in this moment to see people innovating, trying new ideas. You know, we just opened the week that Roe fell a new health center in Wyandotte County. For a long time, we have had two facilities in Kansas. We now have three. That's increased access hugely. Um, But as we think through those things like mobile clinics, we have to think through our security options, the risk to us. You know, Kansas still has restrictions and requirements in effect we have to follow. So we're being thoughtful about our next steps, but we are relieved anytime someone is creating additional access because there simply is not enough of it in this area. When did you make the decision to add that third clinic? We started talking about the Wyandotte Clinic a number of years ago. We had actually rented a facility, had some security and protester issues, and made the decision to really put down roots to buy a location and serve the community for years to come. So we have been renovating and planning for that facility throughout the pandemic. The fact that it opened the week that Roe fell, Hmm. and we have since seen this huge surge in abortion access, that timing wasn't planned, but it has been a relief to our team and I think to our community to have another location available for services. 
Yeah, tell me about that. What, what kind of relief has it brought to the Wyandotte County community? We've seen really high need, not only for abortion services, but also for all the other services we offer. You know, we do comprehensive sexual and reproductive care right. from birth control to STI testing. Um, and so a lot of patients still come to us for those services. But for us right now, 10 or 15% is not enough. There's no doubt that we want to be doing more, but we're only reaching those numbers because we also have that Wyandotte County Clinic to serve more patients. You know, we only provide medication abortions there, but many, many patients prefer medication rather than procedures or in-clinic abortions, um, and it's one more point of access. Is medication abortion now the most popular uh, method? For many patients, yes. Um, A lot of patients, of course, don't want an in-clinic procedure. They may have been a victim of trauma. They may just prefer not to have um, an in-clinic option. But also for patients who are traveling, sometimes the best option is something that, you know, you get in-state and then you head back home and and lead your life or try to, um, despite the trauma that your state has inflicted on you by making you travel. Um, But a thing we're seeing also is that as patients are forced to wait and delay care, trying to get appointments, trying to figure out how to be off of work, sometimes patients don't have the option. Medication abortion is primarily earlier in pregnancy. And so as patients are struggling to get in, not every patient can access the care that they want. You know, Emily, I, I, I teach students up at UMKC, you know, obviously young people. And I'm wondering these days in the wake of this ruling, in the wake of the vote in Kansas, in the wake of this this uh, uh, mixed uh, uh, map across the country in terms of where abortion is legal and where it's not, how much confusion are you seeing uh, in the eyes of women who uh, face this decision of getting uh, an abortion in terms of where to go, who can help them, how to access the service? What are you seeing? There still is incredible amounts of confusion also around birth control. And partially that's because we do a terrible job of sex education in our country. So People often don't know how an IUD works, what's birth control versus what's an abortion. So we're still doing education on those differences. But for so many of our patients, there is a scramble and a focus to get care as quickly as possible. And people will go through incredible hurdles to get the care that they need and deserve. And it's often only after they receive services or care that there is this outpouring of emotion or rage Hmm. that they had to leave it all. I think people are so focused on getting to the point of access that once they do, it's a huge relief, but it's also an incredible frustration to look back and say, why is it that in Kansas I am more free and more recognized as a citizen who can make my medical choices than I am in my home state. And so our team is processing those feelings with patients as well. Dr. L. Sadin, you're seeing the same thing? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, every, as we said during the um, constitutional amendment ballot initiative fight, Mm -hmm. you know, abortion is already heavily regulated in Kansas. There are so many hoops and things that people need to jump through to even be able to access abortion. Um, For example, there's a 24 hour consent form, um, completely medically unnecessary, but patients have to sign it, you know, at least 24 hours before they come into our clinic. And every day, unfortunately, we turn people away because it's done incorrectly. Um, And so these laws, we call them trap laws, um, are designed to prevent people, even in states where abortion is legal, 
to be confusing, to confuse people into making mistakes on the pre-appointment paperwork, for example, and thus not being able to access abortion. So we see this all the time and we see it in a lot of different places. And Kansas has some has a lot of this as well. You know, Emily, you were saying a few minutes ago that women are laser focused when it comes to getting access. They'll clear any hurdle to do what they need to do. Can you describe what you've seen in, in recent months along those lines? Yeah, we tend to hear the same stories again and again. And there are some that, of course, stick out. You know, we've had patients who are victims of intimate partner violence, and they are leaving in the dark of night, as Dr. Alsaden said, trying not to have their partner know where they're going or what care they're seeking. That is not an uncommon story. So many of the patients we see also have child care issues. Many of them are already mm. parents, and they are making the decision to have an abortion because that's what's best for them and their family. And they are sometimes coming with kids in the car or they are leaving kids at home. And it's not at all uncommon for us to hear that they didn't tell loved ones, even if they thought they'd be supportive. They didn't share that they were seeking an abortion because they feel like they're going to become criminals or make their family, you know, criminal somehow because there's so much fear around what's legal and what's not. Um, So often we are the people who are the only ones knowing their stories and encouraging them to, to seek care, of course, after um, often mental health services are what our patients need, not because the decision to have an abortion has been that traumatic, but the experience, the state hurdles and the shame and the stigma are overwhelming for some patients. That was KCUR's Steve Kraske talking to Planned Parenthood Great Plains CEO and President Emily Wales and Chief Medical Officer Iman Al-Sadin. You can hear their entire conversation from up to date at KCUR.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit KCUR.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. Hi, I'm Steve Kraske. You just heard a portion of a conversation produced on KCUR's Up to Date, our daily talk show. If you'd like to hear this conversation in full, check out the Up to Date podcast found on your favorite podcast app.